Hey, welcome back to Paul's Ponderings here. Just been thinking lately about this idea I've heard from some circles where people say that they are independent of fossil fuels because they like to ride their bikes, you know, for instance. So instead of, you know, a gas-guzzling automobile, a car or truck or something like that, they they pedal to work, they pedal wherever they're going, and it's um, more environmentally friendly and it's... uh, allows them to be independent of fossil fuels. I wanted to look into that idea because it struck me right off the bat that, I mean, A, it it seems somewhat self-evident that anything that gets manufactured is, in fact, reliant on fossil fuels. So uh, on the face of it, this doesn't seem like a claim that's entirely accurate, but I wanted to dig in and get a bit of a better understanding of just how dependent bicycles really are on Fossil fuels. So I went to my the website for a local bike shop, and I looked up uh, men's commuter bikes, just a generic style of bicycle, just something if you wanted to get around, right? And I looked at, okay, what kind of materials are used in this thing? The basic frame itself. Uh, for the one I looked at, and I just I just picked kind of a random one. I'm sure that there's obviously going to be different variations in, um, in, in materials that get used, but the frame on this one is 6061 T6 aluminum. Uh, which is uh, it's a good alloy. It's a good strong alloy, actually, um, which means it's a quality bike, obviously. But it also has like the fork is made of high tensile steel, uh, and then of course you've got uh, the uh, the the bike tires and stuff as well, which are going to be rubber. So we're gonna, we're going to dive into kind of looking at a few of these things. But let's start with the uh, 6061 T6 aluminum. So looked up some information on uh, the aluminum itself so so that particular alloy now the thing with with aluminum alloys is it's not just aluminum aluminum on its own is actually incredibly weak so what they've learned to do over the years is add other stuff in with the aluminum to give it extra strength and in some cases some aluminum alloys can be almost as strong as steel uh, which is pretty impressive now 6061 t6 uh, alloy has um, primarily aluminum like it's still 96 to 99 percent uh, aluminum depending on uh, exact ratios of, of other uh, components, but there are, in fact, other components. Uh, you've got your uh, chromium, copper, iron, magnesium, manganese, uh, silicon, titanium, zinc, and then other stuff as well, uh, which comprise the, the last uh, components of the alloy. Now, the interesting thing about all of these, to the best of my knowledge, they do not grow on trees naturally. So every single one of these is uh, dug up from underground somehow, some kind of mining operation for all of these different uh, compounds, all of these different ingredients in the aluminum alloy. They all have to be mined, which, I mean, if we're talking about environmental footprint overall, not just fossil fuels and greenhouse gas and all that, but an an overall environmentally friendly uh, type of technology, we have to account for the fact that this stuff, in order to get access to these raw materials, they have to be mined. They're, they're, they're underground. Uh, in some cases, maybe open mined. In some cases, uh, you can get, uh, obviously, uh, different kinds of mining operations that are, that are less invasive. But in some form or another, we're digging. We're digging for this stuff. And we're, we're, we're digging underground. And depending on where they come from on the face of the planet, not all mining operations are particularly environmentally friendly, just to put it mildly. It gets more interesting than that, though, in terms of the environmental impact, because the mining operation itself, A, is going to be, uh, in some sense, whether in a large sense or a very small sense, um, destructive to the uh, um, 
to the landscape, to the forest, whatever you want to call it, as as they're as they're mining. So there's there's that component. There's also it's, it's very energy intensive uh, to move that kind of earth, and and in some cases, the stuff might be stuck in. Uh, rock, solid rock. So you have to you have to move that out, and you have to you have to break the rock apart. That's incredibly energy intensive. And then then all you have is a raw material. Well, now you got to transport it. So now you've got the transportation energy, right? So so vehicles, and I mean, unless they're all electric vehicles, uh, guess what? You know, there's there's a lot of fossil fuel use that gets uh, it gets put in right at that spot right there, just with the with the transportation. But then, of course, you actually have to mix all the components together and create the raw. In this case, like actually, it's interesting with the aluminum. I've actually seen, uh, I've been to a plant where they do aluminum extrusion. So I've actually seen what this looks like. So after you get it all mixed together, into it gets mixed into a billet. So a really large chunk of aluminum, which gets shoved through an extrusion process. Well, there's a whole lot. So, so, that, so there's actually creating that aluminum billet, mixing this stuff together at very, very high temperatures, again, energy intensive, just to make the billet. Then guess what? More transportation, because the billet's got to go to the extruder. Guess to the extruder, it's got to get heated up, it's got to get shoved through a die. Uh, again, massive temperatures involved and massive forces involved just to get the raw materials. And then guess what? More transportation. They got to get transported from there to wherever the bike is actually manufactured. And then it's going to be cut, it's going to be drilled, it's going to be welded, all of which, again, more energy, lots of energy. It'd be wonderful if we could say that, yes, all of this energy is just derived from electricity and, uh, you know, it's it's all from the sun or wind or, or dammed up rivers or something. But not in reality. In reality, there's going to be plenty of fossil fuel burning involved in these processes. It's inevitable. So so now you've, you've got a, a frame. And and that's it. Yeah, that's that's just the frame. If if and indeed, like I said, if the frame is this aluminum sixty sixty one T six, and there's other f- forms of frames as well. I mean, you can get your uh, different steel frames and carbon fiber frames as well. I don't want to dive into all of those. I'm just kind of taking a a case in point here, right? Now that's just the frame. Of course, there are other components on there. So, for instance, I looked up a little bit of information about uh, the bicycle cassettes, right? So if you've got multiple gears on the back of your your bike, the cassettes can be steel, they can be aluminum, they can be titanium, right? So you gain, for those, you've got to go through that whole process again, uh, in, in this case, maybe for steel or maybe for titanium with all the uh, environmental impacts associated with all that stuff, right? Now, that's just the metal part, but we've also got a lot of components that uh, that are not metal, right? We've got the, the, the rubber and stuff, so rubber hand grips I've got on my bike, and of course, the rubber tire, Right, well, I went to a website to look up, well, what, what are rubber tires made of? Well, the first ingredients uh, that, the, that on this website that I found talks about natural and synthetic rubbers. Well, synthetic rubbers, what are we talking about with uh, with synthetic rubbers? Well, guess what? That's a, that's a petroleum byproduct is what uh, synthetic rubbers are. So right there, you've got no getting around it. If you've got tires on your bike... They probably are a combination of natural and synthetic rubbers, and the synthetic ones come from the petroleum product, the fossil fuels that we dig out of the ground. Uh, so right then and there, uh, again, your bike, in fact, does have a dependence on fossil fuels. 
just trying to remember here. I'm just going through my notes to see if there's uh, any other information about that. No, that's enough info on that. I don't want this to be a super long podcast. But we're not even done there yet because so now you've got the metal frame, you've got uh, maybe some steel parts in there, you've got your rubber uh, tires, you've got rubber handlebars, but there's also a, a plethora of different chemicals, uh, lubricants and, and grease and stuff that has to get put on all these moving parts. Uh, in the interest of keeping this relatively short here, I'm going to just take a peek at uh, one that I was looking at here for, uh, what was this one? This is a, uh, um, a chain lube. Okay, so this, this is a chain lube, and, and so this is uh, talking about uh, what are the different components in the chain lube. Now, this one uh, is considered an organic mixture, so I, I found that kind of interesting. Anyway, I've, what I found here is a material data safety uh, sheet, which provides a, a lot of information about the actual uh, chemicals that are involved. Now, I'm going to do a big disclaimer right here now. I hated chemistry in high school. I hated chemistry in university. So I'm probably mispronouncing stuff here. And I'm just going to plead a lot of ignorance because this is just a subject I did not enjoy at all. At any rate, uh, moving on. So in this organic mixture of uh, chain lube, you got a couple of ingredients that, that very clearly and obviously have a petroleum basis. So you got your heptane, you got your propane propellant, and you've got what literally called petroleum solvent. Well, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that maybe that is a petroleum product or a petroleum byproduct if they've called it literally petroleum solvent. Uh, so once again, with the chemicals involved with uh, keeping the bike moving, uh, the parts lubricated so they don't overheat, once again, you've got to tie there straight to fossil fuels and petroleum. What else did I want to talk about here? Uh, we've got material data sheet as well for uh, paint. That was something else. you got to paint your bike, obviously. So I looked up a paint here, which is a, uh, I believe it was described as a water-based paint, which I found, yeah, so here it is, water-based uh, gloss white paint. is what. So this is another material safety data sheet. So again, lots and lots of information about uh, the chemicals that are involved in these. Now, once again, my background is not chemistry, uh, but still I, you can tell with these different um, chemical names, uh, you can tell that they have a lineage that comes from petroleum products just by the name. You've got your diethylene glycol, you've got your dipropylene uh, glycol, and you've got a few other things as well. But the, the enes, I, I, I distinctly recall from my from my chemistry class and stuff, and even poking around on, on Wikipedia confirms when you've got these enes, these diethylene, this dipropylene, uh, those things are uh, basically combinations of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And the chemicals that have that particular uh, combination uh, of, uh, of, of, of chemicals, the, 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 car the carbon, the hydrogen, the oxygen in various uh, quantities and in, in various forms, uh, the, the, the most abundant place where we get that stuff is from petroleum products. Uh, that they, they tend to have those uh, combinations of the elements, right? So once again there, the, for the paint that gets applied on top of your bike, even a water-based paint, no less, uh, does in fact have quite a strong tie to to the fossil fuels. So I got to thinking, you know, if you truly wanted to have a bicycle that had no tie whatsoever to fossil fuels, where you could rightly say, I'm completely independent from anything 
uh, fossil fuel related and in fact uh, this is this is incredibly environmentally friendly in in every sense of what we can think about well you'd have to have it manufactured out of some kind of material that's not mined because mining is generally frowned upon by the environmental um, uh, folks in the environmental movement so you'd, you'd have to have it manufactured out of something that wasn't mined i'm not sure what material that would be uh, i mean you could try to imagine a wooden bike I, I can't see that that would work particularly well um, so I'm just going to leave that out there as I'm not really sure what you would do with the bicycle tires or a combination of natural and synthetic rubber. I'm thinking there's a reason they put the synthetic rubber in there. I'm sure that natural rubber on its own doesn't have the same performance. Uh, perhaps it doesn't stand up under the same, uh, stand up to the forces of biking to quite as well as that combination of natural and synthetic. But again, I'm not a chemistry guy, so I'm speculating on this one. Somehow, if you wanted a truly fossil fuel, petroleum-independent bicycle, you'd need to have pure natural rubber. Uh, and incidentally, the natural rubber comes from rubber trees, which means you got to somehow get it from the tree over to where your bicycle is, which, again, we've got the transportation challenge. So you'd have to have all electric vehicles doing all the transportation of all materials, and you have to make sure that all those electric vehicles are being powered by, charged by, you know, wind or solar or hydro dams or these kinds of things, right? Uh, which is a formidable challenge to actually, like, uh, I don't know, audit all the different transportation right from getting the materials through to picking your bike up from the shop. Uh, the lubricants, the paint, uh, all those different chemicals that tend to have some kind of petroleum product in there, even the water-based ones. Not sure how you would get away from that. I guess you could try to have an unpainted um, aluminum bike. Aluminum would stand up reasonably well if it's not painted. Uh, steel, not so much. <laughs> Stainless steel would do better, but uh, that's that's a heck of a lot more expensive. So I'm not sure, practically speaking, how one might actually create and use a bicycle that truly had zero environmental impact because none of the parts are mined and truly had no connection, no reliance, no dependence whatsoever on fossil fuels because the chemicals involved simply have to have that petroleum base. Uh, I'm not sure how that's possible, but... I think it's safe to say that right now, for anybody who's riding any standard bike, any typical bike, uh, it's pretty heavily dependent on fossil fuels, pretty heavily dependent on petroleum products, uh, not just in the chemicals, but in the transportation and everything else involved. So um, just food for thought. Maybe next time you hear somebody talking about uh, that they they don't use gasoline, they're on the bike and they're environmentally friendly. Well, maybe there's a little bit more to the story than what they're telling you.